Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Somebody dim the lights. <laughs> oh, it's scary. Turn the lights on. Run! Run! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to... The Gentleman's Show! To my right, from Pittsburgh... I can't say good, good. I do love this song. Uh, to my right, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. his love is deep. Yeah. Steve Byrne, everybody. Uh, to my left, from Detroit, Michigan... Yeah. Uh, he looks like he just got back from Supercuts <laughs> and Lens Crafters. A combination. And definitely Cinnabon and Wetzel's Pretzels. Uh, Gary Cannon. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, by the way, I will say this is one of my top three BG songs. I love this song. The, everybody knows only three. Love this. No, there's much more than that, my friend. Okay. Tragedy, Jive Talk, and Staying Alive. Nights on Broadway. You Nights on Broadway going. is one of my favorites. It's great. Well, That's a fucking great You can't great just tune. say that there's only three songs. You're right. Yeah. You're right. No, there's a you're ton right. of them. This is the first time you're right. Yeah. When I you're right, you're right. Yeah, it's so great. I'll tell you you're right. Today, so right. we oh. are talking. Wow. Talking. Post-election results. Post-election. Crazy. Crazy, is it, right? Crazy. Well, we just got back. We were at the Irvine Improv this past weekend. Yes. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Well, I think- we actually, we both did a show the night after the election. You and I were both on a show at the Hollywood Improv yeah. on Wednesday. A little weird, kind of a weird vibe. I think the general public was a little off. Yeah. Uh, in general. But this weekend, I think the sucker punch, people recouped from it. Yeah. And people just need to get out and laugh. And I think you could really feel it in the room over yeah. the course of the weekend. Shows were packed. Yeah. Thank you to anybody that came out at wow. the Irvine Improv. Packed shows. But you could feel like... A gasp of relief where people just want to kick their feet up and just forget about things. Right, right. It was a great, I mean, first of all, the Irvine Improv is a big room. And it, Go pains, ahead, say it, it. pains me to say, say that, it. that it was packed. Oh! So obviously, post election Groupons were sent. Gary. Well, shut packed the is fuck packed. Up. Packed is packed. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. But yeah, I do think people needed that escape from just the craziness of the Tuesday night and a Wednesday morning kind of thing. It was nice to know, too, that we had a gig where we didn't have to drive through downtown Los Angeles. Oh, boy. And avoid that clusterfuck of all the kids. And God bless them for being passionate. But today we have joining us to talk talk election results, uh, correspondent on CNN, host of Stand Up with Pete Dominic on Sirius Satellite, Mr. Pete Dominic. To the gentleman, Zojo. Pete. Steve. Thank you. Burn, and more importantly. Thank you, buddy. Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> Steve told me you were calling in today. I was so excited. Gary Cannon. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So, Pete, this has to be a great time for you because obviously you host a daily show on Sirius XM, which is great. Um, my, It's so funny, my... Uh, Ex-girl, well, my girlfriend, now wife, listens to it all the time. She loves it. It's got to be crazy for you, everything that's going on right now. Yeah, she always texts me when she's listening. <laughs> I appreciate but, Pete, I, um, I want to ask you out of the gates, how did everybody, everybody get this wrong? From, it seems like the Trump camp was throwing out kind of warning flares on Tuesday early on, accepting kind of their fate Every media outlet, the Huffington Post, gave Trump a 1% chance of winning. <laughs> How did everybody get this wrong? 
Well, first of all, uh, to answer Gary's question, uh, is it a good time for me? Probably more people will be listening to my show than were uh, <laughs> the week before, but I'd rather, I'd rather have it not be the case. I've got daughters, so I'm, I'm very concerned about the future, and I'm concerned about, uh, obviously, a, a large number of things. And in terms of everybody getting it wrong, Steve Byrne, uh, well, yeah, the polling was wrong. It's, of course, not scientific. Some people didn't an- an- necessarily... Um, answer the questions honestly, but but more importantly, it was just done. It was it needs to be it needs to be reevaluated how polling is is done. It wasn't necessarily that anybody was 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 trying to you know get an outcome that they wanted in terms of polling. They didn't want to be entirely wrong and ruin their you know their their careers to some extent. But it'll have to be done differently. Uh, but it just uh, yeah, every, everybody got it wrong. It, and and what does that mean for everybody? All the pundits, including myself. I, mean, I totally got it wrong. I said hundreds of times he won't win. I send out tweets. This is your reminder that he won't win. So I've uh, I've offered anybody who wants to take me up on it. Um, I feel like there should be consequences for people when they get things wrong, pundits especially. Um, I will come to your house and do a day's worth of chores to make it up to you. <laughs> at least, at least. There should be well, some kind of penance. I'll Gary's going to ask you to come over and write pain. jokes for him. <laughs> Pete, is this locally? Uh, or Nobody... <laughs> Nobody can write jokes for Gary, but, <laughs> but well, uh, I can help his. I can help his wife. So I, I do want to ask you this. You know, the one thing I'm seeing from millennials, the youth here in California, there's a lot of kids leaving high school. I think it's great that these kids got the spirit. I think it's great that these kids are passionate and involved in current events and what is going on with the fate of their country. The one thing I hear continually, continuously from the kids or millennials is they're afraid of this racist narrative. And I do want to ask you, is, is the racist narrative, the media associating and Hillary Clinton associating the KKK with endorsing Trump, for example, like Trump condemned it. But look, he definitely said some off color things. I don't know in his heart of hearts he's truly racist. And then coming out, you, you hear these things of like when it comes to the deportation task force and all that thing, what ultimately is going to come down to is he's right now going to gonna, gonna um, get three million of the gang members or people with violent crimes <laughs> out of the country. Like, is it right. truly a racist? Do you feel that there is a racist overtone that is looming over our country or do you feel that it was associated and perpetuated by the media to associate it with him to go to to lose him votes moving into the election no no the media it's not the media's fault i mean i'm not going to pin this on the media i mean the white nationalist groups loved what donald trump was saying starting with immigration um and but but i mean you know you can we can argue about whether or not he ever said or or right, right, did yeah. anything o- overtly racist what we can't argue about is that he is uh, a sexist monster so so whether or not you know immigrants uh, whether black and brown people have anything to be concerned with and i would argue that they do to some extent uh for a lot of reasons actually i would argue concretely as to why it's women i think have every right to be to be uh, at, at minimum disappointed and, and and even more so uh fearful because he definitely is is a sexist you can't you, you can debate whether or not he said or did racist things you cannot debate 
whether or not he didn't said sexist things on a regular basis. So, so I mean, you know, I, I split hairs, but I mean, he went on and over and over and over, Steve, saying things um, that were exactly what white nationalists, white supremacists, anti-government, anti-immigrant, anti-Muslim people wanted to hear. And when he was asked to denounce it, he would either do it lightly uh, or he wouldn't. I mean, Wolf Blitzer asked him so when, when people are saying horrible anti-Semitic things to Jewish journalists who happen to be Jewish, what do you have to say to those people who are saying those things? He said nothing, because to win the Republican Party um, at this day and age, you've got to get the white vote, and you've got to get the white nationalist vote, which is a certain percentage, who knows how many, of, uh, of the Republican Party, and to some extent the Democratic Party as well. I mean, you, you've got to get those people to support you. And, and he said what they wanted to hear he, over and over, and they loved it. I mean, David Duke didn't endorse him, and the white nationalist groups didn't endorse him because of somebody, some reporter at CNN. Okay, so to play devil's advocate for just a sec. Um, I love it when you play devil's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, more women voted for Trump is what it is what, you know, Thank you hear you. in the news that more women. And yeah. is is it if he's sexist, you know, the Access Hollywood tape comes out. Mm-hmm. And I think like some guys, maybe like myself, would think, OK, look, he's a horny guy. He tried to get laid. He got induced with his own power. He thinks he can go fuck around. And I'm sure that there are girls that that he just kissed and groped and gave it up just because he's Donald Trump. Um, Do you feel that that inhibits a leader when it's a private conversation that became public? Um, Does it say something about the character ultimately? And then, of course, there's the Clinton comparisons, the John Kennedy comparisons to any man who's induced with power. Does that truly affect the leadership when it's a private conversation? It's not as much of what how it affects him. I think we know how he's going to continue to behave. That's not what is much what women are concerned about. I, I, I do a lot of work with women and, and, and girls. I have two daughters, um, you know, with, with organizations that advocate for women and girls. It's, it's, it's more that if he's the role model, mm-hmm. uh, then, then that's how men can behave. That's, that is what, okay, I mean, if you think that that's okay, then go act that way in front of your daughter. If you think that that kind of behavior is okay, then go role model that behavior. Most of us don't think that uh, that behavior is okay. Most of us think that that is horrific. Most of us would never do or say the types of things he said. There's a, there's a huge gulf between wanting to have sex with a woman and saying, I would like to have sex with that woman, and whether or not she's going to say yes to you. And as Gary and I know, uh, well... You can't have it if they say no. Uh, Steve, what you don't know, and I've known you for a long time, is women never said no. So, you know, that's, that's the wow. real issue here more than anything else. It's the mo- role modeling of that behavior. It's the fact that that guy that behaves that way somehow, um, and I think it's, it's pretty direct, uh, gives men uh, permission to behave that way. And yeah, you're right, Steve. A lot of women did vote for him. And the question is, um, why? <laughs> <laughs> I do want to ask you this, Pete, because when this was addressed during one of the debates, Anderson Cooper asked him, have you ever ever sexually assaulted a woman? And I think prior to what Anderson was alluding to was talking about going in for a kiss and just going in directly. I, you know, I forget what the quote was. And he said, have you or have you not ever sexually assaulted a woman? He said, no, that opened Pandora's box. Then it became a challenge, I think, to anybody in the general public that he maybe had relations with or whatever. And, and as a guy, I was sitting at home thinking, 
geez, have I, if, if, under the definition of sexual assault, have I sexually assaulted a woman? Have I gone out on a date with a woman and kissed her and she refuted and then I backed down? Of course, as any gentleman would. Or have I gone up a girl's shirt and then thinking the natural progression is to go to third base and she shuts me down? Touching her uh, third base style could be considered sexual assault. So I was just thinking in terms of like watching that debate, thinking that's a tough question to answer because what are the what is I, I'm sure legally there is a definition of sexual assault. And I'm just thinking as a guy, could we all perhaps be guilty of sexual assault when it's framed the way it was under Anderson's Cooper under Anderson's question? I have a boner, by the way, <laughs> thinking of Steve going up a girl's shirt. <laughs> yeah. With those when tiny Steve hands. Said, have I gone up a girl's shirt? I, I mean, uh, I mean, when are we all 14? Yeah. Um, well, I'm trying to not to be crass and be a gentleman and keep it on the up. But you know what I mean? In, in terms of framing that question the way it was. Sexual assault is a pretty well-defined thing and the women who came forward I think had a pretty good case if the story happened the way that they did and mm -hmm. we have no reason to believe that it didn't because it would be a ho it's a horrible idea to accuse a super famous and and very powerful powerful person of doing something like this and by the way you know one thing that comics don't tend to understand I, I fear is what I didn't understand before I started working for a corporation Sirius XM and realizing what the rules are and 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 what what you can and can't do and say and touch but but the bottom line is um, nobody let him do those things. What they didn't do is report them because the question becomes for women at work, especially, which is what he did to a lot of women at work. You know, that's, it's a power thing mm -hmm. is when he does that, why don't they uh, push him off? Why don't they report it? Because I'll tell you why, because if they do, they could lose their job. They could also lose their position in the industry because people talk. Yeah, she's difficult. She doesn't let you uh, get over on her, say those things, do those things. And so that's generally why he was able to get away with it. And he mm -hmm. picked women. I mean, listen, Steve, that's why he owned beauty pageants, because he could go into the locker rooms, as he said he did. He could take them and put them in a private room, as he did, as they said he did. And he could assault them, and he could say things to them, because he owned the beauty pageants. I mean, right. it's like the guy the guy that owns the strip club, the guy that owns the beauty pageant, never gets accused of sexual harassment because he owns it. And what are you going to do? Lose your job? Ruin your career? Or are you going to let him, quote, let him touch you and do those things and say those things? And that's the difficult position uh, women, more than men, but men also, find themselves into it with work. I do want to ask you this with... Um, and, yeah, and I was point, up my shirt when we were working together. Point well, point well taken. Um, <laughs> With everything that's going on with, um, it seems like, the youth vote out there, and it's not just youthful people. I think it's, you know, people in these major cities, they're going out and protesting. The one thing you youth, hear youthful is... Youthful people. Well, <laughs> well, the one thing you hear is, um, you know, had Trump won, he was going to get a lot of flack for questioning the validity of the conclusion of the election. And a right. point of contention now is is now that it's gone the other way, there's a lot mm -hmm. of people out there protesting and saying, not my president. And there was right. this big blowback from Trump saying, I don't know if I'm going to accept the, uh, the results of the election. And he got so much shit for it. But now that it's turned the other way, it seems like there's almost like this uh, blowback amongst uh, a minor blowback, I should say, against these kids and people out there protesting. Is that is that fair to say or is that off base? 
No, I mean, I think I think that he first of all, he's our president. He's going to be our president. He's not our president yet. We have 67 days of sanity left. But but he is our president. But, you know, it's like I don't judge. I try not to judge people for how they react to something terrible uh, or something that they don't like. And, and, and people, when they say he's not our president, I want to believe that they're you know, the interpretation is he doesn't represent me. I, right. I don't. This guy's. Uh, not a good person. He has no redeeming qualities. He doesn't represent me. So there are people, you know, there are people who protest, Steve, and generally the people who protest um, are more likely than not. They, they live in the city. Um, they feel like they don't have any other way to express themselves. Those of us that have more means, we have other ways to express ourselves. We're not as concerned potentially even about things. So, I mean, it's, it, 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 everybody is very is struggling with a large range of emotions uh, about this, and they're reacting in different ways. Uh, but nobody, you know, listen, he was the candidate saying that. Hillary Clinton obviously uh, was very professional and patriotic, as was President Obama, about this, accepting the outcome of this election. Um, but sure, you're going to get people um, across the political spectrum reacting in different ways. And I try not to shame people for their natural reaction to things, even if I disagree vehemently with it. So it, it, feel free anybody to, to do otherwise. But you know these people are uh, are fearful. They're scared. They're they're upset. Um, but you know our country is not. Uh, more people voted for her than voted for him. That's nice, but that's not the way our system works. Right. Um, and, and and so he's going to be the president, and that's because uh, a large majority of our country, unfortunately, in my opinion, um, you know, bought into the fact that the the, the leading conspiracy theorists in the country. Um, you know, sold them what they, they told them what they wanted to hear. He's going to get rid of terrorism. He's going to get rid of drugs. He's going to give everybody a job. That's what politicians do. But I think the American people are unfortunately going to find out the same thing that people who bought into Trump University found out. Uh, it's a raw deal. But unfortunately, the question will become, who are they going to blame? Who are they going to blame? And I think a lot of people, no matter what, as we saw throughout the campaign, won't blame for Trump for anything. Even when he says something in the moment and then reverses himself, um, they still won't believe it. So it's, uh, it, it's a very frustrating, frustrating thing, I think, for a lot of folks. And I'm not going to blame how they react necessarily or judge it, even though right. uh, it wouldn't be how I would react. Well, you know, to, to, to make a very um, specific question for you personally— because we could talk election all day. I, as yes, a comedian, I a man. it was 1993. <laughs> <laughs> but as a comedian and as as a pundit and and as a contributor yeah. on CNN, you straddle both lines between entertainment and jokes, and obviously talking about a very serious subject. Do you feel that? Uh, and this is something I, I, I've always been more independent than leading towards one side or the other. And over the course of this election, especially, I think. A lot of the divisiveness you see in government, a lot of the divisiveness you see between blue states or red states or Republicans, Democrats, whatever, I think there is a definitely a narrative amongst, if you look at all the late night talk shows, Samantha Bee, Trevor Noah, John Oliver, sure. Stephen Colbert, they, they lean so heavily left and will go so harsh into Trump. I think at times going over the line in Orange STD, all this other stuff, he's kissing KKK mm -hmm. members on SNL. And then when you watch the Comedy Central roast of Rob Lowe and they're calling Ann Coulter a horse-faced 
cunt and you know you should kill yourself and drop in sea bombs and I bo- I was like boy you know if you if you if you do that to Lena Dunham who is just as outspoken on the other side I mean you'd never work in Hollywood again and I think that comedy in some way is contributing to the divisiveness and this is just my opinion I'd love to get your take on it because I think that there's a lot of 18 year olds and 19 year olds that are watching Samantha Bee or Oliver or the mm-hmm. or the Daily Show with Trevor thinking Oh, it's okay to tell a Republican, well, fuck you, you know, at the screaming at the top of your lungs like John Stewart did to one of those congressmen in, in a piece he did. And I just feel like comedy in some way is making acceptable to really, really go to some dark places in terms of having those civil conversations between somebody who has a difference of agreement with you in terms of principle. I feel that it's... I think that comedy is doing an injustice to to the kids, and that's just my opinion. Well, Steve and I, you, but, were, you and I were even talking about the cold open on Saturday Night Live with Kate McKinnon, her singing that song as though Hillary had died. I mean, yeah, it was, it was like, like a eulogy to yeah, her. It was, it was like, like a well, eulogy. I mean, it's you like couldn't be any harder on her, but I think that there, there's just no objective uh, place where you can go and see the seesaw back and forth or the, the tipping scales of making fun of both. But I, I want to ask you because you definitely – Contribute to CNN. You are a comedian. What is your take on that? I, I'm sorry it was such a long-winded um, uh, thought, but I, I'd love to get your take on it. I'm sorry, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> the word comedian also is used loosely. <laughs> Shut up, Gary. He's um, correspondent CNN. I, I, I think that you make a mistake, and we all, and I do this often myself, in, in, in making such a broad generalization about comedy's contribution um, and, and, and I would answer it more than any, probably the most effective way is to, is to say um, comedy is a free market to some extent. You might disagree because you think that political correctness has gone too far. But let the conservative Daily Show version of the Daily Show Succeed. rise. Let right. any of the late night comedians be very right, hardcore, right wing conservatives. Um, the, difference, the difference is uh, it's stark. And and there there has not been a successful late night comedy show that has a really strong conservative bent, much less a, a comedian. There are comedians, as we all know, that are very very conservative, but their act might not necessarily be for a number of different reasons. So I would say let them come and 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 do their acts. But and but they to, can, to that it, point, Pete, ahead. I would I would ask I would, not, not to cut you off, not to but just to interject. You. Do you feel that? like a conservative comedian could go into ABC or CBS or, you know, any of these networks or Comedy Central even with knowing what the playing field is at and going in there and being able to say, I want to pitch something that is completely against all of your principles here in Los Angeles or all your principles in Democratic leaning New York. I mean, do you think they'd even have a shot at at it? Uh, I don't. I, I, I think they it's probably not, but not because the idea that somehow the media is liberal and somehow comedy is liberal is 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 laughable to me because I think mm-hmm. it's very conservative in terms of it just wants to make money. It just want they only want to make money. Jeff Zucker admitted this at CNN. Mm-hmm. Leslie Moves, Moonves admitted it at CBS. If that person can get ratings and make money, they would hire them in a heartbeat. There is no sense. A political correctness in the media the way that we that we say it is I firmly believe that but it's also a question 
of the content of the comedy. What does it mean to be um, – you, you made some great uh, ex- uh, examples of, of liberals and, and what they did or said, um, but what does it mean to be a conservative comedian? What does that mean? The, 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 the reason why it's harder, I think, and this is a very biased answer, though, mm-hmm. is because it's far more sexist and, and, and bigoted um, and, and, and minimizes a huge swath of the American public when you're trying to be, quote, conservative funny, and you end up being hypocritical and you end up being inconsistent more likely. Same thing happens on, with liberals and liberal-minded comedians, but, but when you talk about liberal and conservative, we, we sometimes lose the forest for the woods as well in terms of what are we talking about? If we're only talking about socially in terms of the way that we see women um, and how we can refer to different groups of people and the words that we can use, but that's, that's a very small part of politics that so much, you know, and we should as comedians and and free speech advocates uh, adhere to. But we're talking about the role of government. We're talking about tax policy. We're talking about whether or not, frankly, unfortunately, we agree on the scientific consensus of things. We're talking about um, war and peace issues. We're talking about uh, affordability of college uh, and so many other issues that aren't necessarily the kinds of things that we talk about as comedians, um, the role of courts and, and so on. So, I mean, you know, there's plenty of funny things that, that that are that are also kind of racist and bigoted and so on, and and the but that's that's been the case for comedy and for society for the first 400 years. That's right. why it's changing, and that's why there's a backlash against it because we who have always been on top and able to make I mean those of us that aren't half something else like you are, Burn have always <laughs> been able to make fun of of everything. Um, and everybody, and to some extent, there's now a pushback, and, and we don't like that. We don't like it, and I understand why we don't like it, but, uh, but you know, things change, and, and uh, women and, and blacks and, and other minorities are getting, um, you know, more of a foothold to some extent, and, and we've, I think that's what, you know, Van Jones calls the white lash. I agree with that. I agree with that. But the black president appointing the Hispanic Supreme Court justice and other black people and white America scene not only are they losing, quote, their opportunities and, and immigrants are taking them, now we can't even say anything anymore. I can't even call. Uh, you know, it's like if, if you want all that, then go ahead. Use the N-word all day long if you're so brave. If you don't, then why don't you? Well, can I use ask it? you this based off of Van Jones's— yeah, Chappelle used it. It was funny when Chappelle used it. Why don't you use it? Well— I, I want to I want to continue to work, but, but a I would never use that word. I I, I pride Not myself. You. I don't I've mean never, you. I don't think you but, would ever use it. Although, well, in traffic maybe. No. Um. So Van Jones, <laughs> when he said that statement, everybody. To be fair, everybody's a racist, sexist monster in traffic. You've got nothing else. All you know is, and you're usually wrong in the moment. You you'll say something horrible. Oh my God! I can't believe that uh, that that. Can I say anything on your podcast? Right. Sure. Yeah. I can't believe that cunt just just cut me <laughs> off, and then you fall up into some old guy. You're like, oh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to ask you, based off of the Van Jones thing, when he was making the statement about, you know, becoming a white lash, but yeah. I, I I I watched that and I just thought, boy, I mean, if uh, look, as much as we don't want to generalize, as much as we don't want to stereotype, right? Uh, when you're when you're on the left, I, I I think then when you're going on the right, it's like you're you're generalizing the general population is saying this was based in a lot of ways on race. I think that yeah. there's I think more people were fed up with government and were throwing a Molotov cocktail at DC. That, that's just my own personal opinion, but mm-hmm. when Van Jones said the white lashing thing, I just thought but this is the same country that 
overwhelmingly got caught up in the spirit and the change and the hope that Obama was bringing and reelected him. And you saw people come across the board to come over and vote for Obama because, uh, look, the guy's charming. Everybody, every, every pundit across well, the, I mean, the aisle I, said that, a, and, he, and he's great, thing. and he's been proven to be a great president. No, you're never going to convince me of that, and and I'll never convince you of the other the the, the other argument. It, it, people will continue to agree and disagree on this, but uh, my argument, and I'll give you the proof for it, is different. The reason why Obama got elected more than any, any other reason is because Bush d- drove the country into the ground. You know, we he lost the hundreds of thousands of jobs. He started a war. He created a massive budget deficit. He was a horrible president, potentially the worst of our lifetime, definitely the worst of our lifetime. And people, you know, always will want change. And Obama didn't beat McCain by that much. Um, And yes, Steve, I'm sorry. As soon as he became president, before he became president, they were trying to delegitimize him. He wasn't an American citizen. Right after he became president, um, began the Tea Party movement. And I went to those rallies for CNN. There weren't people of color there. That was a white-led movement, and it was a white-populated movement. You could find a few unicorns, of course. But they continued to prevent this president, that one that we still have for 67 days, from doing almost anything. And he lost um, both houses of uh, Congress in, in two years in. Um, mm. And... There was a tremendous amount of and continued effort led by the new president to delegitimize him, say he wasn't even an American citizen. Two-thirds of Republican voters believe that. Mm-hmm. And while people aren't necessarily individually racist, they like the black people who they know and the minorities that they know, the overwhelming complaint on the right is that we're giving handouts to these poor minorities that are lazy and don't work for it. I'm over here working very hard, and now 51% of white people in America think they have it harder than black folks. If you think that's true, let me know. I mean, I think that's wildly ridiculous, and there's plenty of data to prove it. But, but, I'm not sure that anybody gets convinced of that. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, and I do believe that a huge, huge element uh, of uh, of Trump's election was one of racial uh, malcontent uh, and, and white folks feeling like they're losing their grip, they're losing their dominance, because they are. And, um, and that is the truth. And, and uh, I, I believe that's the way it should be. Whiteness should go away. We should, that shouldn't be white and black and color should not be a thing. And that's the ideal that we want on all sides. But it's clearly, uh, I mean, listen, the Voting Rights Act was gutted, Steve. That was the, the pinnacle of Dr. King's civil rights movement was the Voting Rights Act. The Supreme Court, under uh, conservative justices, removed the most important part. And the next day, a number of states put in uh, uh, difficult uh, guidelines and laws to make it difficult for black people to vote. I mean, that happened. And um, we can talk about the police and the black community, uh, although nobody really gets convinced either way, no matter how much data you use. But uh, under Trump, um, the Department of Justice is going to have a new uh, attorney general, and um, under Bush, it was the same way. The, there is something called the Civil Rights Division, and what they do is they look into local and state infringements when people of color are, you know, when 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 a black person is is lynched or is, uh, you know, shot, and they think it was racially motivated. The, the the Civil Rights Division looks into it. Under Republican administrations, the Civil Rights Division doesn't really look into it. Under Democrats, they do. Right. Uh, and they're not going to again. And that's the same for every institution in government. It becomes very, very political, whoever's in party, in power. 
So, but but Pete, the one thing that people said like throughout the election and as the election was getting closer, a lot of people just kept saying, how are we left with these two? Like these are the two that we're left yeah. with because, you know, obviously a lot of people did not like her. A lot of people didn't trust mm-hmm. her. Nobody really wanted to vote for him. But, but there was, like, a, like, all, was like a backlash too. If you, if you weren't for Hillary, you were a misogynist. Like mm-hmm. that was but, the but, rhetoric. And I was just like, Ugh. but yeah, but, but, but the truth was how, how are we left with these two? Like why? Why are these the two we're picking from? Like, I mean, what, what? Well, there's no doubt. I mean, when it comes to Hillary, there's, there's. I mean, let, let's not sit here and, and, and cast blame on on the right, Republicans and conservatives all the time, as if Democrats and liberals don't have anything uh, to blame themselves for. I mean, I, 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 I've been a smug, arrogant, condescending prick for a couple of years on the radio, and the more I knew, the more I talked down to people, including my own wife. Um, I've got plenty of, uh, you know, forgiveness to ask for for how how wrong I got it, how out of a touch I was. Hillary Clinton um, was on paper the best candidate probably ever. But, I mean, whether or not, you know, uh, you agree with it, that she was damaged goods, damaged and, – and, and they knew that. And Republicans, you know, were really, really fighting hard uh, for a long time from the Benghazi thing, which is a nothing, which is outrage to see that she that was pinned on her uh, from that to so many other things, which she did, you know, is at fault for. She was a damaged candidate. I don't think Bernie necessarily would have won. But the fact that there wasn't, a, you know, a, some great uh, candidate on, on the right on the left for Democrats, um, you know, we've got plenty of, uh, of soul searching to figure out why that was and who, who's going to come up now. I, I don't even know. Uh, so there's a lot that, get, you know, forget about Trump and how he got there. Uh, necessarily, we can talk about that. But I mean, just looking at Democrats and liberals and, and who we nominated, she was damaged goods. She was never a great candidate. She certainly wasn't the change agent that Trump is going to be because he's going to be, you know, he's going to try to do his best Putin impression uh, from day one. He already is. So, I mean, he's he's drastically uh, a different change. Some some A lot of people, I don't think they realize that voted for and wanted an authoritarian who's going to you know, use institutions and, 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 and crack down on the media and, you know, all kinds of crazy things that we're concerned about. Uh, but but Hillary was was never a great candidate. She wasn't. I mean, people wanted to see a woman. I wanted to see a woman for sure. Uh, but, you know, who, who, who else did we have? Did you see the people running against her? I mean, well, Elizabeth <laughs> Warren is a name that excited me. Yeah, but she- and I, I would have been excited to vote for her. I, I love yeah. what she's done. I, I loved what she did Joe to the world. Biden would have been great, but I, yeah. you know, it's his son passing away. He he cited right. that as the reason he didn't go. So right. I think there was That's a fair. pool of good of, of great folks to choose from, and Elizabeth Warren could have been. But do you think that she, behind the scenes, got, you know, basically claustrophobic I, from the Clinton camp to yeah, this I isn't your year? Yeah, I don't think anybody thought they could have beat her. She had the money. She had the name recognition. Name recognition, unfortunately, is the most important thing in politics at every level and in every country. That's how Berlusconi did it in Italy. That's how Trump did it in America. Everybody knew who Trump was. Everybody knew who Hillary Clinton was. It's very hard if you don't have the name recognition. You don't have the connections to get the money or have the money yourself, even though it didn't. Trump didn't self-fund the say the way he he was going to. He took a lot of money from you know special interests and wealthy folks, and but not as much as she did. You know, so name recognition <laughs> and money matter. And Elizabeth Warren didn't have that. And not to mention, there's a certain idea which I think is fucking horseshit that when it's your turn, that others stand aside. Barack Obama didn't stand aside mm-hmm. and and let Hillary have her turn. Republicans did when they let McCain go, um, and that is a party 
thing. And, and, and um, you know, party politics are important. You need the support of your party. But, but I think to some extent that's what happened there as well. So there's a lot – there's a ton to look at in terms of what went wrong with the election, specifically for Democrats. But it's fascinating to see that it's the Democratic Party that's in disarray after this election, not the Republican Party, which won tons of governor, governors, uh, won tons of state houses. And, of course, they, they're in control of all three branches for the government. Say goodbye to the right to an abortion. Say goodbye to the worst kind of mass suffering, you know, uh, for Earth. Climate change is inevitable uh, with the Trump presidency. He's already, um, uh, you know, gotten people in charge of that. It's climate skeptics. Uh, and say goodbye to, uh, you know, campaign finance reform. Um, there's a number of things uh, that are definitely going to happen as a result of a generation of conservative Republicans in power now. I mean, and, and a lot of people like that, so good for them. A lot of the rest of us uh, seem to think that the polarized caps the way they are right now should should, should stay that way, but that's well, not going to be the case. You're, you're definitely right. Name recognition is such a big deal. I mean, listen, I tour with yeah. Steve, and we can't put 30 people in a show Jerry, on Saturday night. That is, so Jesus I, Christ. That is, that is very hurtful. I, I do disagree <laughs> with you, though, Pete, because I think you been an arrogant smug bastard for longer than two years so no, it's, i really it's, it's right. longer it's been like four, probably four years since i met you like as soon as i met you when i about the time that, i became an, an that's arrogant when you became bitter uh one thing i do want to ask you uh pete as we're uh heading to the finish line is what do you think about all these celebrities that said that they were going to move to canada and move to spain and the chelsea handlers of the world like all these people that said that they're moving whoopi <laughs> goldberg i mean like what, what what's your thought on on just their outrageousness I think that it's our country. You stay and you fight, and it's cowardice, and it's and it's stupid, and it's hacky, and it's weak. I understand to some extent that idea of being surrounded by people who you disagree with. That's kind of my community where I live. Um, when I had a show on CNN, e- even then my neighbors wouldn't watch it. I was like, but I have – it's me. You know me. <laughs> now I'm only a Fox guy. But I get that. I get that, that, that fear and that isolation. I don't have as much patience for, for, for any white guy who would do that as I do for some women and minorities who are literally lit, think they're, they're in fear of being thrown out or being targeted to some extent. But no matter who it is, no matter who it is, I think it's wrong. You stay and you fight. This is, you know, this is our country, and, and, and we grew up here. And, and I think as some other comedian said, I forget who it was, this is where my stuff is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We can't leave. I mean, my family is here. My stuff is here. My career is here. My friends are here. Everything that I know is here. I want to make this country better. <laughs> I don't want to leave. And what is that country that we're leaving for that is that is so much better, that doesn't have any racism, that doesn't have any sexism, that has the freedoms that we enjoy in terms of freedom of speech and religion and of the media? You know, I mean, I, I worry about those things changing. I really do, because Donald Trump is an immature eight-year-old who's going to clamp down on anybody who insults him and, and, and take revenge on that. And I do. I am concerned about that, but I'll, I'll wait until I... I see it. Here comes my daughter. I do. I do. I do agree with you, Pete. Everything you do have here is is in the U.S. except that career that you mentioned. Okay, Gary. <laughs> Pete. <laughs> Pete. With that, we cannot thank you enough for calling in. Ronnie, the limo driver, has a show on Sirius XM. So let's let's lay low, Pete. Come on now. <laughs> you uh, you took time out of your day. You called in. We we love we, it. We we got to discuss. 
you know, a lot of things that I've been thinking about that wanted to ask somebody who's obviously a lot more educated in the field than I am. And I can't thank you enough for taking the time. And I can't thank you. And, and Steve, you're one of the, the, no matter how you and I disagree on things, you're, you'll always be one of the classiest guys I know in this business. I love you. And I think the most generous thing that you do is you help other comedians, um, especially those who are learning to say, but like, like, like <laughs> Gary, you know, to work with you. I appreciate the fact that you asked, you let him ask a couple of questions. It's, it's a big brother program. We like it. Well, stand up Thanks, with Pete guys. Dominic on Sirius Satellite. Yes. Pete, where can they find you on Twitter and all that? At the real Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Don't he leave us? I think he went gone. <laughs> Christopher Cross is letting us know what's going to yeah. happen. Thank um, you, Pete Dominic. Thank you, Pete Dominic. Thank you. God bless America. Uh, we're going to be fine. Yeah, right? we'll be fine. We'll, we'll be, be fine. fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the Gentleman's Dojo here at All Things Comedy. Gary Cannon, Steve Byrne. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Just-